from the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Hour two, Bigger Wild Outdoors. Thank you so much for joining us on this beautiful Saturday morning. Low humidity feels disgustingly great outside. First hints of fall here in Florida. Opening of archery season in Zone B. Good day for for folks to be out archery hunting for sure. And I was telling people on the boat last night, it seems like every Saturday morning is a beautiful morning. And here I am in here. Now I know how Glenn feels. Ah, you're okay. (laughs) Yeah, all right. Where else are you going to get McDonald's and sit down and drink your oh, yeah. uh, two gallons of tea? Yeah, when, when Jonathan texted that he wasn't coming, that Mike was going to come, I said, was well, Mike bringing breakfast? <laughs> then I get text from Jonathan, hey, pick up uh, bacon, egg, and cheese biscuits. Speaking of breakfast, I, uh, I had to clean all of his stuff that he left from last week, and I was going to bring it in this week and give it back to him, but of course he's not here, so I got another week living with giant monstrous pieces of Tupperware in my house, so I got to get it to him. But here's a guy who knows how to do it all. Cook it, clean it, kill it, do all that stuff. Mr. Bill Burkett from Port Gannick Barbecue. What are you doing, better boy? Morning, boys. How's it going? We're uh, okay. We're enjoying this beautiful Saturday morning from inside. Yeah, I'm uh, headed out to Fishhawk Sporting Clays right now for the uh, Black Dagger uh, uh, skeet shoot. Oh, that is uh-huh. today. That is right. That, that would yeah. be a good boys. Aldi. That would be a, you know what? And they got a great dove field over there on the other side over there. Yeah. Just saying. If there's a bunch of shooting going on, who who's going to know? Who would hear a few more shots? <laughs> who's going to know? <laughs> I think they'd hear the cussing in between, though. Dang it! I can't believe I missed that one. Uh, what time are you guys getting started? Uh, Niner, Tenner? What are you doing? Uh, we're, uh, well, I just went and picked up Chick fil A for my team. Um, and so. Whoa, whoa, uh, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> That just doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound like you. What, I what, mean, does, what does Bill do? Uh, he cooks. He, he, I, I can't yeah. believe I can't believe he didn't make like meatloaf sandwiches or something for the guys. Those things, that meatloaf you make is <laughs> awesome. Yeah, much better. I, I had to get I had to get a ten year old and a seven year old boy out of bed this morning before oh six thirty a.m. I got so you. That was, that was enough work right there. <laughs> and then I ended up leaving one of them at the house, and I got a text from my wife, and she goes, "You left Trip at the house." And I look back there in the back seat, and yeah, he's not there. Hey, 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 <laughs> the, Bill! I lost Bill, my father the year card. Bill, on this is the God's. You know honest, why? You know why? Because Rangers lead the way. This is this is the God's honest truth. I turned around, I came and left the woods, made it all the way back home, and my son was not in the back of the seat of the truck when I got home. There you go. And I had to go in and <laughs> tell my wife. I needed to go back to the woods because I didn't have her kid. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah. Well, did you go back and get him? So now you got double. You got both hands full now. Yeah, I had to go back and get him, and uh, he's just sitting on the steps, and he had a lot of disappointment in his face, so that made me feel real good. Oh sure. <laughs> you well, know, but uh, yeah, we're we're on the way out there right now. Uh, I think that they're uh, going to kick it off at uh, nine o'clock. Cool. Um, I have a uh, yeah, I have a four-person team. It's uh, three veterans, and then uh, we have a gold star mom that's going to be shooting with us. 
Um, and so I can't shoot shotguns anymore because of uh, head injuries. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just glad that I was able to sponsor a team and, uh, you know, give a little bit back to, you know, those who have given a whole lot. Yeah, that's true, including yourself. But uh, I will say this, 16-gauge uh, maybe, 410? Come on, be, be adventurous. See what you can do. Is it uh, is that going to be too much for a head and shoulders? Um, you know, I, I'm not sure yet. I've uh, I haven't really gotten into the, the shotgun piece as far as um, one of the smaller calibers because I have looked at some of the shotgun suppressors um, <clears throat> that are on the market. Right. But I really haven't. Uh, I really haven't uh, delved into it too much just because I've been concentrating more on rifle right now and, and figuring out which. Uh, rifle I can use uh, before the government comes and takes them all away. Yeah. Sub, uh, subsonic yeah. blackout. 20, sub, 22 sub, mag. Subsonic blackout with a suppressor would be perfect. You'd be all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you guys were talking earlier about, you know, engaging targets and, uh, you know, shooting and, and self-defense and stuff. And <clears throat> one thing one thing that we teach guys in special operations is when you're engaging a target is to actually take a step towards that target because psychologically it's telling that guy, especially if it's somebody who's shooting at you is, Hey, that person is stepping towards me instead of stepping away from me. I'm probably not doing what I'm supposed to be doing right now. <laughs> so, well, it's, it's like what you know, Mike pointed out. You give him that second of hesitation. That's all it takes. Yep. It's you or me. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, uh, 410, uh, you know, shotgun and, and stuff. Like I said, I haven't really, uh, um, looked into it too much yet. I uh, I just got a can yeah, a huge difference on the uh, you know the the uh, rounds. Is is it the recoil? Um, it's it's not so much the recoil, but just uh just the sheer concussion uh, from the actual uh, munition uh, going off. And uh, I don't know if it's like having my cheek up there right against the uh, stock. Uh, but that also seems to uh, have a little bit of influence. I, I wonder how, if black powder, if you turned around and, hey, mm-hmm. don't laugh at me. I know plenty of people who hunt bu- turkeys with black powder. Oh, I know you do, <laughs> but it, it's a very, but it's a slower recoil on it's black a, powder. It's a, it's, it's a different type of recoil. It's not like a okay. shotgun. It's a slower burn, so it's more like a kaboom instead of a boom. You know what I mean? It's yeah. It it, hmm. it that powder's burning all the way down through the barrel. Unlike uh, modern day powders that you know try to do it immediately and then get you know the high CPUs and sh- you know shoot it out yeah. there and you're shooting nothing but and if, smoke if you're sleeper. looking to hunt or something like that you know I I would hate to be on a busy dove field with something like that but uh, you know <laughs> well sure. obviously it's not the sound away from you it's just when it's really close to him I yeah. guess I, I would understand that part of it. Because you you know you shoot a three hundred wind mag. No, I'm you, talking about I mean, as far as having to try and load and load and load real quick. Oh yeah, uh, that would suck, especially <laughs> on doubles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'd be a double but, barrel black powder shotgun for you, my friend. But if it's if it's doing something like that versus not doing, you know, of course, yeah, you have you have enough of uh, younger ones coming up underneath you that uh, sure. Pretty soon you're going to be like a guide, and and all you're doing is is uh, baiting the, the hook and yeah. you're the and, pointer and getting them to the to and from because they're going to be running you ragged. Well, he forgets half the party, so yeah, <laughs> they're already doing that between fishing and, and shooting. Yeah, they're uh, we're either out at the uh, we're either out at the range or we're out in uh, blue water, uh, either 
fishing for fish or shooting fish. <laughs> <laughs> well, now gonna, are they going to shoot today? Your boys are going to go out and. No, they're nope. not. They're not going to shoot today. They, um, he has no, three I, veterans. Tell him, Bill. Listen, he has three <laughs> veterans and a gold star mom. Yeah, but you know which what? one of his kids would fall for that? <laughs> uh, it could be the gold star mom. I don't know, but uh, I'm just saying that uh, when my kids were too young to uh, to shoot, they always ended up being the drivers. So that was always so they're doing. Yeah, yeah. So so they would have something to do and they could wait and it was always fun and of course it scares the crap out of you because there's trees everywhere this, and uh, what yeah. what. Drive it like you stole it. That's my, right, they do. My dad, my dad turned around, took me rabbit hunting. We didn't have a dog, so it was my job to run through all the ditches and everywhere, kick the rabbits <laughs> up to him. <laughs> <laughs> you could have a whole pack. Is that where the Hawaiian shirts came from? Yeah, so that yeah. your dad could see you. Yeah, yeah. don't get shot. <laughs> so you didn't get shot. <laughs> well, all right, I boys, I gotta, I gotta jump, but uh, I, yeah, we're almost there. But uh, I'll, I'll give you an update uh, later today. I'll send you some pictures, Brady. Very right. cool. I appreciate it. Uh, right. I, I thank you so much. Yeah, Black Dagger. And by the way, uh, with any of those events that Black Dagger puts on, uh, you don't have to be shooting to win. You could get out there and participate. Come out and donate, buy raffle tickets, do all that other great stuff that I know they're going to be doing out there. So. If you get an opportunity just to go by and say hi or even watch, uh, maybe go shake the hands of some really good heroes, you can go do that because there will be plenty of them out there. Uh, the boys out there, they put on uh, great events for those guys. And uh, if you get a chance to go, Fishhawk Sporting Clays is where it's happening. And then it'll be happening uh, around 10-ish or so. So that means they'll be done by 1. And uh, you can sit out there, eat some lunch maybe, and have a good time. Bring the family. It's a beautiful day to be out there for sure. But, uh, we're going to take a break. It is a Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by Brandon Ford. Stay right there. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in this morning. Braden Gunn, Bill George, and Mike Singleton. We're all in the studio along with Diego. And we are uh, hanging out. Again, thanks to uh, Bill Burkett from Port Gannick Barbecue for uh, calling in and reminding us of the great uh, event going on out at Fishhawk today. Black Dagger Military Hunt Club is out there with their uh, annual Sporting Clays events. And And he was able to get a team sponsored. That's right. There'll be a lot of guys out there uh, shooting it up out there, having a good time, and it'll be uh, fun which, to buy all. Which I know one of the things he does is he goes out to a lot of these barbecue competitions, and then they sell barbecue to raise money to go do things like support these teams. Yeah, and uh, if you don't know anything about Black Dagger, uh, you need to go check them out because uh, they really do a lot of great stuff. Uh, the last event that I went, uh, me and the boys – uh, and my daughter headed out when they were doing the uh, headstone cleaning out there, not far from uh, G5 down on 92. There's an old uh, graveyard there from way, way, way back when. And uh, a lot of it is is uh, been uh, uh, decrepit, you know, a lot of, not a lot of upkeep on it. They just mow it and keep it, you know, low. But for the headstones themselves, they were, you know, covered with moss and algae and bird stuff and everything else. And, 
the guys get out there, scrub them pearly white, and get out on hands and knees and clean them up where you can see them. And uh, that little graveyard, man, that was amazing to see. Um, the, the I mean, we're talking veterans that were buried there from the the Seminole Wars. I mean, it's it's crazy. Uh, some from the Civil, uh, a lot from uh, one and two, uh, and Vietnam that were all out there. Lots of babies, lots of babies during the yellow fever dealio too. So it was it was crazy, but it's one of those things where you take your kids and they can learn, and learn from doing and learn from seeing. So that's why we wanted to go. And a lot of the events that Black Dagger puts on there, I know that you see a lot of people on TV or you see some disabled guy on a commercial or something, and you're like, yeah, you know, whatever. But when you see it in person and you see their abilities and what they actually can continue to do whether they be limbless or whatever it is, or blind. I mean, uh, and their shooting cop top shot uh, competition they do every year, they got a couple of blind veterans who come out and shoot. And it's amazing how well they do. And I know, you know, you think it's a joke, but uh, those guys do extremely well. And, you know, they got technology today that, you know, beep, 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 and hone in on there and put it right on the bullseye and kaboom. Yeah. It's crazy. But uh, Black Dagger does a lot of great stuff for those guys, and uh, the event happening today is just a small portion of what they do. And I would encourage you to go to uh, Black Dagger MHC. That stands for Military Hunt Club. BlackDaggerMHC.org and donate, participate, or volunteer, do whatever you want to, man. It's all good. They they do it all out there. They do everything from. Jumping out of airplanes to going on little flats fishing trips. And uh, it's funny because they leave it up to the veterans. Not everything is about hunting. And uh, I know that Dave back in the day will tell you that if the guy wants to go out and look at butterflies all day, then we'll go out all day and look at butterflies. That's awesome. Last year they made a guy's dream come true and a veteran. I don't. They made it on the news where, uh, you know, he lived down here for many, many years and he was not going to live very much longer at stage four and was not going to make it. So... They brought in, like, what was it, five tons of snow so that he could go and make snow angels? I mean, wow. something as simple as that. You know, they uh, you know, they filled up his whole backyard full of snow. Hmm. And he went out there and plopped in it on his back and made snow angels, that's man. Awesome. So, that is so um, awesome. It's something as simple as that. And uh, if that's what they want, then that's what they'll do. But uh, they got a great thing going on out there today at Fish Hawk, so go out there if you can. Bill George won't because he's going boat doing. Hey, come November 1, my world changes. Well, that's true. I think everybody's changes, especially on a day like today when the air temperatures change a little bit. You start thinking more that uh, well, gator, gator season will be over. Sad day. I won't, Sad I day. won't have a, a lease to go to, so I'll be looking at some public land options to get out there and, and hunt. And, uh, you know. What are you thinking? Central? Oh, I'll go back to my haunt. I'll go back to, I'll go back to where I started at, uh, out in Green Swamp. Uh yeah, that's a good place. Centrally located, not far from you. So it's, oh, yeah. it's super close to where I'm at. It's a hop, skip, and a jump for you. You know, and, uh, you don't hunt West Coast at all. West Coast, no. You don't. You don't come over on this side and go up the coast, Steinhatchee, Tide Swamp. No, I, I believe. You know, Green Swamp is not the cream of the crop by any means. But I tell people, if you take an area and you really learn the woods, take a, a square mile, and you learn that square mile. Kind of like Jonathan and his property. Okay, yes. yes. You start to learn 
where those animals like to move. Where, you look out, and, and, and we joke about it all the time with the palmetto fields and this and that. Those animals use a palmetto field. There's there's lower areas. There's dips in it. They're, they got little avenues that are easier for them to move through. And you find those areas, especially now that I got the season moved back a number of years ago in Green Swamp, we can actually hunt more of the rut there. Right now up by Lake Pan, now's the time they're out there chasing does. At the end of January, you know, or mid-January, that's when it's active out in the Green Swamp. Right. Not that they can't be running them in turkey season or any <laughs> other time, but it's Florida. I mean, there's Deer are crazy stuff. in Florida, yeah, so yeah. It, it, but... You come, you come that that second, third week of January. It's starting to really, really crank up in the swamp. Yeah, it is, and I, I know Green Swamp is one of those places that uh, a lot of people gravitate to because a lot. Well, it all started, you know, because James Stovall goes out there, and uh, you know that's Green, Green swamp, swamp West. But it doesn't matter. They hear Green Swamp, and they just all lump it all in one big thing, and uh, you know. But again. The reason why he went out there and whacked a state record buck out there is because, as you pointed out, he spent a lot of time out in those woods. I mean, he was out there any chance he got. It was like you, not far from up the road. He could go out there, stomp around in the woods, scout around, learn all that stuff, see those bucks, know where they're hanging out, keep an eye on them, go back to those spots, see them again, see how they're growing, and and know exactly where to put his tree stand when it comes to he actually, after he shot that buck, said there are about three other ones that were gonna are gonna be just like that or better within the next year or two, and I don't think they were ever shot. So where did they go? You know, I mean, uh, they could have died of old age or moved up or down, uh, hit the uh, the hiking trail and headed up north. Who knows? But um, the more time you get to spend out there, the better it is. But I think that in this world that we live in, a lot of people live in today. They just don't have the time to, to go and tromp around like we used to when we were younger. And you didn't. What do you mean they don't have? The, did the days get shorter? Uh, your time between the time you have to do that and yes, the time gets shorter. It does not. When you have well, to go, we, pick ma- up, when, we made it a priority. When you have to go pick up the kids, you know, in car line at three o'clock, get home, make sure they do their homework, then eat dinner and do all that stuff at seven seven thirty. You don't have time to go run around out and uh, trips around out in green swamp. But one of the things I, I got to say is, is if I am going to go out traipsing in the woods and all that, I drag Mac out there. And now it's not a drag. It's like, hey, can my, we go? Can we go? Can Because we, we're, we're right there by the green swamp. It, it, ourselves. As soon as my kids could hold their head up right in a, uh, on their own, they were in a backpack thing and we were riding up and down the road. Sure. And, when they're babies, uh, it's easy. But oh, uh, no, it's. it's yeah. But when but they get older and then they got after-school activities, well, I would say uh, probably around eight. Eight is, is a tough time to, to try to find the time to get out and go play, yeah. uh, to get out and go run around anywhere. I mean, it it's almost a Herculean effort anymore to make sure you get all your fishing gear, get all the stuff, get it in the car, get all the things, everything. Once all homework's done and you eat an early dinner, to go run out to uh, Whedon or go somewhere else to go right. fish for the evening because they got to be back in bed by 8, you know, oh, yeah. or whatever it is. So you don't have a short window of time to go and do it. But, but I don't have time to go drive around with a six-pack of Budweiser in the back of 
a Toyota pickup truck with a bunch of buddies and go up to Tillish Hill and go everywhere else, you know, and scout around for hours. But I think part of the problem this, these, this day and age is, is, like you're saying, people people don't make that time anymore. And you know, I think that's what Bill's saying. Yeah, you got to make it. But I think the other problem is, is like you said, too, I think that more parents should get the kids out doing it. It shouldn't just be a dad thing. Hey, your dad's going to the woods this weekend. No. You know, like, and again, I'll give a great example. Jonathan, the whole family is in the woods this weekend. Oh, yeah. That is something I honestly think is wonderful. I think with, like, my child, my girl, you know, just because she's a girl, I want her in the woods, too. And if if I'm out doing it, I want her doing it because that's something that I learned as a kid. And I think the problem is these days is it's, oh, dad's in the woods. Dad's in the woods. Dad, No, we're in the woods is what needs to be said. And I understand it's getting busy, homework, dinner, school, blah, blah, blah. But like Bill's getting at it, make time. You got to put, get it out there. They're I, not going to learn this on their own. I will tell you, there are a lot of very good, book smart people in this world that cannot make it. Mm-hmm. Okay. They've, they've learned, they've gone to school, they do this and that. But at the end of the day, they do not have the skills to to be out there and survive. I think a kid needs to be well-rounded. And guess what? If they miss some homework, I'm okay with that. Just, yeah. you know, it's not all about a perfect grade in, on a report card. But now, I can but say that. Teach them, I can say that, but Mama ain't going to say yeah, that. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> but if you don't teach them, though, but like I was saying, if you don't get the kids out there, they're not going to do it on their own. There's too many computer video games, this, TikTok, and no. Put it away. TikTok. Get out in the woods. TikTok. Oh, I can do some TikTok. Are don't don't TikTok? do that. Don't put the shirt back on. Stop unbuttoning things. All right, we're going to take a break. Big and Wild Outdoors. If you want to put in your two cents worth, go ahead. 888-404-1010. 888-404-1010. We're brought to you by Brandon Ford. See you right there. Big and Wild Outdoors, Braden Gun, Bill George, Mike Singleton in the studio. Jonathan is up in Bluntstown getting things prepared for you. Yes, you. If you'd like to go up and uh, do some hog hunting, all that kind of stuff, all you got to do is give them a uh, call out there at uh, Arrowhead Archery, and uh, they can set you up on that or go to, what is it, Hunting Heritage? Does he have a website or anything uh, up there yet? I don't know. Maybe he'll call later and let us know. I don't know for sure. Oh, uh, he's probably still sleeping. Michael uh, Michael is getting texts from his mother up in Ohio. Mother. And uh, she said, what's the temperature up there? 31 degrees. 31. 31 and, degrees. And Glenn, Glenn's up in the tree at 46. Yeah, well, you know, it warms you, up as it gets closer to the equator. So uh, is she listening to the show up there in Ohio? No, not right now. She's not. What? What? I'm trying, I'm trying to get her hooked on to us. So Dude, she all, she has, all she has to do is go to bigandwild.com. You know, bigandwild.com. It's pretty easy on the computer. And uh, click on the, uh, the right there as you scroll down right at the bottom. It says listen live. And you can click right on it. And then you click on another button and boom, you can listen to it on your phone or on your PC. It's not that hard. 
Are you are you writing her the instructions for that? I'm sending it to her. Well, right why don't now. you just do a little live feed like you did earlier, and just uh, what do you call it? Facetime it, zoom it, whatever you want to do, uh, that kind of thing, and you can uh, do it that way. Come on, my news feed. Come an alligator that my daughter went to harpoon. Wow, it's one of my old histories. Bill George is actually yeah. listening to something else besides no, the show. I guess. No, you're trying to tell so. him how to listen to live. I'm going out. I was looking for a post that uh, our neighbor from Pennsylvania had posted. She put up um, a whole bunch of quarts of, guess what? Canned venison. Canned venison. <laughs> and so. Annie Newt says she's going to send me some, so uh, no, we'll see. Oh, she's not sending you yeah, anything. I, she'll send it to me. I bet you I get a can of canned venison in here before you do. Well, maybe you will, but she said she's going to do it, and I trust her. But I did remind Rusty that when he gets his spring bear tag, if he shoots one, I want some of that, too. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, the video in Pennsylvania, what, what? Well, no. It was, a, it was a video that came up. You know how Facebook always... Memories. Put memories. memories. Yeah. A number of years ago, my daughter had Polk County tags, and it was one of those moments as a dad, I turn around, they had hooked this alligator, and I'm just going to sit and watch. I'm, I'm not... I'm not going to do anything. And they had it hooked. Wait a they, minute. You didn't do nothing? I didn't do nothing. I was wow. I had I had my camera going on my phone. I said, "Let's see. Let's see this in action. Let's see what they learned, you know?" And this alligator come up. It's probably 11 foot. Okay? That's a nice one. And what's the one thing I tell you when you tell you where to harpoon an alligator? Right behind the head. Where, where do I tell you? Where, where do I tell you to hit them? Where the ideal thing's right behind the head, but where do I tell you to hit them? Anywhere know. but the skull. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. She sticks that dang dart right in the side of his jaw, <laughs> <laughs> and the alligator goes crazy and then breaks both lines off, and I'm like. Put the phone down. Now it's serious. <laughs> you know. Did you get back on him? No, never got back on that alligator. That way, and that alligator never made another mistake. After that, he, he did he the dart pull out, or it just not penetrate? It, it does not go through bone well. Yeah. Well, when you say jaw, I thought maybe it was over no, in the cheeks it, it, or in that area or no, something. No, no. Yeah. So it, you, so she lost that one. Yeah. So did you do the dead thing? Go well. Lesson learned. Yep. You know, you stuck it where I told you not to stick it. Oh, Bill's famous for we'll get on one and he'll turn around and he'll say, just, just, just let them do it. Let them, yeah, yeah, no, they're fine. Let them do it. It's all good. Yeah, it's Uh all great. Well, like my son, my son will probably ultimately, he he has a desire to go guide people. Uh, He he enjoys that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm working and. And at one point, I need to get him a captain's license because he'll he'll do it and and do it for making some money. I I do it because I love it and and just he was real good with the kids that night. Whenever uh, we came up to the middle of the lake with you, yeah, he was real good. He was like, "All right, all right, hold on, hold this, pull this, yeah. pull that here." And he didn't get involved, like push, telling them they're doing it wrong. Let me show you this. I was yeah. like, <laughs> he's, "He's got Bill in him. That's a that's a Bill George well, there." We. we we try and help and teach, you know, and that's, that's, I try and teach. I try, in, in addition to trying to get that alligator, I try and teach you from the years of what we call mistakes. All, 
you or make experience. Them, yeah, experience. Yeah. Experience. You, you learn. You do it this way, it does not turn out favorably. And and I can't tell you how many times yesterday I told somebody, can't let that rod touch the boat. Can't, right. you know, once you turn around and have that point, that line, the the that alligator will win. And we had alligators yesterday. I had, I've been using a new design of a hook that I'm working on, trying to prototype it and test it. And I turned around, I've been using the same hook, all season long, and last night I lost that hook and like three others with alligators just burning us into a tree. Yeah. Is it that time of year? I mean, uh, are the alligators getting smart? Because I had a guy come in yesterday and he bought uh, two boxes of uh, six hooks. He's like, dude, the way I'm going through hooks this, this past couple of days, uh, I'm going to need a bunch of them. Every, every alligator really went for the trees yesterday. He I mean, said they were doing the same thing. So I, I know and, you're not in the same and lake. I'm, I'm not, this particular lake, he's probably not hunting. It, it, it does not he was have on a private. He was on a private la- yeah. uh, lake area is where he was. Yeah. And so we turned around, had a good time. We did see the big alligator. That's He's probably 12. You know, wow. he's, he's, he's a big alligator. And he came out. He saw us. He ran into the trees. And I took the boat in there. I bumped the trees, mm-hmm. had him come out. He squatted underneath the boat. Uh, one of the guys on the boat hooked him. It's like, okay, just hold on to him. He didn't go far. He went and sat right back down. Uh, and I said, let's let's get everything together. I got the spear gun loaded up, had that ready to go. I went to put another hook on him. Dang if he didn't stop in another tree underneath the water that was completely submerged and i'm trying to find them and hook them i keep getting on a branch and this and that and eventually he went to put pressure on that alligator where we both hooked on something well his line went and mine didn't so i was on the tree again but uh that alligator went and brushed that hook right up against the limb or something down there knocked him off and went and it was just a little bit breezy at that time. He went out into the main lake. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, we got a good shot at him, but we couldn't we couldn't hook back up on him again. But that that one That's kind of what we ran into last night. We went up, we bumped the one, he came out, we saw him, we were chasing him, and all of a sudden I was right on him and I literally tossed right in front of him, but he had went up under a, one of those, you know, out Lake Hancock's yep. full of them trees. Went under a tree. Um, oh, got it. Nope. Got the tree. <laughs> and he got went on tree. under the, yeah, he went on under the tree. So when is uh, the FWC going to sanction a hook cleanup out at uh, Lake Hancock? Are they going to be <laughs> down there to uh, get divers out there to get all the lead off of the, uh, off the snags out in Lake Hancock? Ha- have you ever been on Lake Hancock back in the day? Uh, when's back in the day? More 90s? than more than like six years ago, five years yeah. ago. Yeah, I was out okay. there. Okay, on the east side, there used to be what we call a spillway. There was some private pits. Uh, it, they were owned by a farmer, and Swift Mud eventually bought them. But there used to be a a like spillway there, and so they could drive the truck through the through the water and and go there. But on the other side of the spillway, there was a cable. Well, that cable would be submerged, and you could sit there at that spillway, and there'd be 10, 11, 12-foot alligators swimming over just laughing at you. Well, people would go there to hook them, 
and they don't realize that cable's there, and they would just they would run through five six hooks. Trying to hook alligators, keep they're probably stacked that up on there like the, the counters <laughs> over a, over a pool table. It's like that bridge out there. They I, sit under that bridge. Can't do nothing to them. Oh, I, no. was, I was going to put a sign there. Need hooks? Give me a call. Yeah. Delivery fee. <laughs> you know. Start a new business but like that, the golf ball guys at golf courses. Yeah. Just swim around out there with your scuba <laughs> and your snorkel and get the hooks, man. You'd be a millionaire. 501 nights, the most I ever got. Oh, that's a lot. Ooh. All right, we're going to take a break. It's yeah, a big and wild really. outdoors. Brought to you by our good friends out of Brandon Ford. Go out and see them today. Get your best deal on a new car or truck. Brandon Ford, that's the place to go right there on Animo 301. So you place to find. We'll be back. back everybody big and wild outdoors Braden, bill and mike in the studio jonathan's up in blunchtown and uh, diego's on the other side of the glass over there watching youtube now doing something now you you had mentioned about possibly taking your son out dove hunting yes and i got a question for you oh no are you are you going to shoot the birds at about 50 yards before they even get to him? I, my name is not Glenn Kinman. <laughs> Glenn Kinman and that, that J.C. Higgins, man. I don't know what kind of choke he had on that thing. But as soon as you'd raise your barrel and get him lined up, I got the boom. What the? Where'd that come from? <laughs> Glenn's on the other side of the field. Got him. Just pick him up for me and bring him over here. You <laughs> son of a. Yeah, okay, I got it. He's right here in front of me. See. I'll put him in my bag and bring him to you. Later, like uh, when I when I was hunting with my kids and that in the tree stand, my rule of thumb is they get first shot after the first that's shot. That's what I would do. After the first shot, everything's fair game. I I I know that what it's like to. Uh, well, you don't know what it's like to be a parent till you're a parent, and uh, I know that uh, I was talking to uh, the. Uh, uh, Ryan, who's the owner operator of uh, Bass Gorilla Baits, you know, his son is now in the junior Bass Masters fishing thing. Well, you know, Ryan, of course, fishes a million tournaments. He's really good at what he does. He's got a great bait out there that he's designed. And, uh, but he's also the captain. He's the guy now, and with the juniors, he's allowed to drive and allowed to give pointers and advice and do all that stuff. And, um, and can assist on certain things when they're juniors. But when they get into high school, they're not allowed to do that. He said, Braden, it was the toughest fishing trip I've ever been on in my life. He goes, because they're both up there. They're by themselves. You know, and, of course, you can go throw it right over there. You know, you can say right over there by those lilies or right up in those weeds. You can do that. But if it's not done the way that you've been doing it for all those years, it's it's like, oh, man, if you'd have but- just – can you it, flip flip it? You know, skip it under there and get. I mean, it's and I get that. I get that with alligator hunt, and I say the alligator's right there, and I point right to where that alligator is. 
and somebody throws a hook 30 yards that way or 30 <laughs> yards this way. And I says, but they that alligator is right, right there. there. And they throw, they throw. I said, no, he's right here. He's yeah. not out there. He's right here. Well, when I when the first time I ever took uh, B out to go dove hunting, I did exactly what you said. Uh, you know, I said, you know, you got first shot and you got second shot. Oh, I said, yeah. but I said, if you don't get him by the third one, then uh, then I'm taking over, or yeah. at least doing that. And but you know what? Even then, I would say, you know, when they were really young, I'd say, well, you slowed him down for me. <laughs> you know, are you you know you scared him enough to where he kind of put on the brakes in the air, you know. And, Heard that shot coming, yeah. or you know, you know, and uh, but then after a while, you know, I don't know. He's at the age now where I'm basically going to be, you know, out in my heart. I will give him the first, you know, couple of wraps if I know I still have enough lead he's room. Of age, how old is he? Thirteen. He's that's not seasoned, and he's about as big as Mike. So, yeah, I but mean, he's uh, not seasoned. He's not seasoned, but he needs to practice. So now, the more he shoots, the more he misses. And trust me, I mean, there's uh, lessons are being learned all the no, time. No, and, and I, I li- my dad, if he saw a deer first, <laughs> he shot it. Okay, you didn't, you didn't get dad saying, "Here he's coming, here he's coming, here he's coming." Wait, wait, wait. No, as a kid, it was he saw the deer, he shot the deer. And that taught you, A, pay attention, and B, when you get an opportunity, <laughs> you take it, okay? <laughs> because if not, somebody else was. Well, and the more eyes you have, well, the devil feels a little different because he's looking that way, I'm looking this way, and I'll have to be like, be coming. They're coming to your right, man, coming over. There's two of them. Take the first one, you know, and then, uh, you know, do that kind of thing where you're talking to each other. That's one of the benefits of being able to do that well, on a dove field. But <laughs> when I say lesson learning – even when he's on Xbox and he's playing something like uh, Battlefront Five or something, and he's shoot when he was younger and he's shooting at people, I'm going, B, you're shooting at people where they are. You got to shoot where they're going to be. If they're running, you, it's like a, it's like when you're dove hunting. You have to shoot in front. You can't shoot at them. You have to shoot in front of them. And after a while, they kind of learn, and it actually did improve his his dove shooting ability. But I need to get him out and do some sporting clays. Is what I need to do because there's. That is a very good way to get out there and hone those skills, especially on when it comes to a dove field because you never know where they're coming from. Yep. You know, you think they're, oh, well, they're going to definitely come over those trees and come straight to that dead pine tree. And all of a sudden, pew, they're coming straight over your head yeah. that way. And you're like, dang it. I was so not ready for that one. <laughs> Who's on the phone? It's Smokey. Smokey, good morning. What are you doing? Morning. You guys reminded me when I used to pheasant and rabbit hunt with my dad. He carried one of those single-shot Thompsons that break down yeah. with a 410 shell in, and we'd kick up a rabbit or a pheasant, and you go to raise up your gun, and boom, and then you look over, and there he is just bringing the pistol down. <laughs> carried in a side holster, and he just flop him before you could get him. Oh. And I'd be like, really, Dad? <laughs> yeah, but did, did it teach you to be a faster, more on your oh, toes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you had to be more quicker. Attention. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? And you know what? I have to say that... I used to always tell my dad because he'd come back, he'd, I'd, he'd do the same thing. I'd sit down, and I'd hear the crack of a twenty two, and I'd see the squirrel fall out of the tree. <laughs> and I was like, Dad, I was going to shoot that one. He goes, you didn't even see that one. I go, no, but I would have if you hadn't shot him, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> he was coming my way, you know, but uh, then you learn. And then you start looking to where your dad is in relation to the squirrel, and you're like, oh, he's going to shoot at that first, so I better take out. <laughs> 
take a shot. You know what I mean? Uh, but it's a hard yeah. lesson, but you got to do it. Well, you guys, hey. were you successful at it? I mean, where did you do pheasant hunting? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, eventually I joined the military and fired expert for four years. Oh, really? I and learned how to shoot. Yeah, you think you did that because of the 410? <laughs> <laughs> you had to be good or he was going to take your game. <laughs> I don't know if you could count that as when your drill sergeant goes, how'd you learn to shoot so good? 410. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shoot that thing had a choke on it. It shot pretty good for a 16-inch barrel. Oh, yeah, that's wow. a full choke on that bad boy. You know that. That wasn't cylinder bore on that thing. So what are you doing this weekend? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, man. Uh, working like always on the weekend. I'll grind in stumps. Wow. See, see, there's a guy who can't doesn't have time today to go trumps around out and go on uh, green. But I am enjoying the weather and listening to you guys. Yeah. Are you going to get a chance to go trump around in the woods anytime I, soon? I. Oh yeah, yeah. It's coming up. I'll get some days off. I got a question for you. Cypress knees. What? How, how's those stump grinders do on cypress knees? It does really good if you mark them out first because you always miss them. Is there, the more you grind, the more there are in the grass that you find. Yeah. And uh, you, you don't have a problem uh, grinding them out in the upland, but once you get in the wetland, you're not supposed to be grinding them. So you just got to know where your, where your lines are so you don't get yeah, in trouble. Bill, I, yeah, we don't, we, don't, we don't have any wetlands. <laughs> yep, you can grind these out. You're about to turn right in about a mile, man. Do those, do those things, do they not, do they not grow back? I mean, yeah, they, 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 they do they somewhat. Can. Yeah, I thought that if you, could, I mean, because I knew it's, farmers it's, used to cut them. In I've got some customers I go out about every three years and take care of their knees. Why? Why do you have to have the knees removed, uh, Bill? Are they interfering with something? Well, it, it's in. I have some that are out in an area that I mow at at yard height. So yeah, they're they, hell they, on the mower. They 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 turn around and all of a sudden you're zipping along full speed and you hit one with the mowing deck. <laughs> that 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 quarter inch steel mowing deck, you know, on a gravely just turns around and has a tendency to stop. What if you could use uh, Jonathan's uh, what is that thing? Peak pecan. Peak, oh no, yeah, that thing, thing that would that would just uh, mow just, everything over. Yeah, well, and, I mean, and I don't need them. I just want to take the part that's. I mean. They've been mowed off quite a bit, but it, they constantly, you know, seem to grow back, grow up a, an eighth of an inch or a quarter of an inch, and eventually catch you again. I think they're eventually going to yeah, win yeah. unless it's you burn over. them, unless you put a tire like uh, those Cajuns do. You throw an old tire around them and catch it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't get caught doing that. <laughs> well, we we grind it down. It, it's uh, they believe that they're actually for gas air exchange. Because the wetland soils and stuff, so they uh, they grow up to bring oxygen to the root, and so we grind them down far enough where we disconnect them from the root, and the root will have to grow back, and it'll take a little while before they get to be a bother again. Oh, yeah. there you go. There's an expert that'll tell you exactly how to get rid of your knees. Yeah. Well, I just I just turn around, and it's one of those things that just get annoying after a while, you know. Yeah. Well, now there's now there's more work for you, Smokey. So you'll never get out in the woods. That's right. <laughs> and as far as hunting with your kids, the Bible says train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. Uh, that goes for true. teaching about the Lord and teaching about the woods, too. Hear, hear, yeah, and amen is. to that one, yeah. man, because I believe that uh, even even the smallest trip lasts a lifetime. And uh, as, Mike, as Mike amen. pointed out, 
even if you just take them out to go tromping around out in the woods, there's something about that day that will always stick with them. It yep. doesn't matter what it is. It I could agree, hundred percent. It could be uh, oh, yeah. a weird looking pine cone that you found, or uh, you know, a snake that you've never seen before, or whatever. Well, oh yeah. yeah, even even if we didn't hunt, I used to love. Man, we used to go pick them morel mushrooms in the woods, and that was one of my favorite things. Going out there, he taught me where to find them, and taught me all about the different trees and everything as is just some of the best times of my yeah. life yeah i got i got a chance to do that for the first time this year and picking them morels did you like were, it oh yeah they were delicious i don't think the ticks are worth them that's what i'm saying i didn't have any if ticks. uh if you go you want to use a mesh bag to collect them because that allows the spores and carry it outside that allows the spores to spread and also cut them off at the ground don't pluck them out the ground leave that root there and that helps them grow back too. No way. Yeah. See, you I was, learn something I was every doing day. a pinch. I would, I would just pinch them right there yep. at the ground. Oh man, those those on a steak with some eggs, nothing better. Ooh. I've never yeah. had one. Never eaten one. Never even seen one before. I know that my uh, buddy, my buddy uh, Jeff out in Missouri would always go. You need to come up for crappie and morel season. And I'm like, what in the heck is yeah. crappie and morel season? I I know crappie. And in the spring, that's the big time. It's all about, uh, you know, morels and crappie. That's yeah, all they, they you go do. What you do, Braden, when you go up there, if you want to out pick them, look for the dying elm trees. And the elms, when they're dead and they just start to lose their bark, for some reason it seems to feed them the right thing. And we always seem to find them around the elm trees before they start to lose the bark fully. We, all right. All we, right. We turned around. We were doing real good around uh, shag bark hickory. Yep, just certain things they grow around. Well, probably different world parts of the world too. You know, you're up in Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like Mike's a, never seen a shag bar hickory or an elm. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but he's gotten drunk and fallen over a few palmettos before. <laughs> Smokey, thank you for the call, man. We got to take a break, All right, man. man. You guys have a good day. Enjoy Great your show, weekend. Man. Thank you, sir. Bye. All right, we are the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by Brandon Ford. Stay right there. We're gonna go, and we'll be back.